when others had the courage to speak their truth and others were listening and not shaming, not blaming, um, that's when it's, it became more and more clear to me how important it is to encourage everyone to tell their stories when they're ready, when they're ready. Hello and welcome to the Caring Congregation podcast, where we seek to educate and equip pastors and congregational care ministers to develop and implement congregational care ministry and provide ongoing training and resources to existing care ministers and to support uh, church ministries. I am Reverend Joy Dister Dominguez. And I am Karen Lampy. And we're so delighted to uh, be with you for part two of Why Our Stories Matter. And um, Karen, I have enjoyed over the years hearing your story, and you're such a good storyteller. You have such powerful, powerful stories, and and I'm reminded of the, the power of a good story. Karen, I wonder if there's been an impact in your life of hearing good stories and in the impact of stories in your lives that that you've even lived, that you've shared with others? You know, probably the biggest impact as far as understanding story came from people who were amazing listeners Mm. Um, and watching them be in this listening mode and then watching the healing happen. I, I do believe that we need to reveal, to heal, mm-hmm. and that right listening presence, someone who invites us to tell our story, and then we do so, and they have this very non-judgmental presence and are able then to help us process. Mm-hmm. That for me has been uh, just over the years a great learning watching folks be so skilled at that um, and and encouraged me then to in, in a sense change my understanding of of even how to relate to folks or how to encourage them to tell their stories because I think so many times we don't want to be vulnerable mm, sure. We, we hide those stories. And I know for me, that's true. You know, I've, there's been a part of my story that, um, would have been so helped by the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. um, that was decades old before Me Too came along. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when others had the courage to speak their truth and others were listening, and not shaming, not mm-hmm. blaming, um, that's when it's, it became more and more clear to me how important it is to encourage everyone to tell their stories mm-hmm. when they're ready, sure. when they're ready. Sure. Which, like you said, takes incredible vulnerability. Um, I just think of, of times in my life when 
I had to find those safe people. <laughs> and sometimes, sometimes you think you can be vulnerable with somebody and you find out, mm, I can't. And so it just takes that development of a relationship to be vulnerable with someone, um, to find that trusted space. That's what, why I think it's so important to build that relationship, um, especially as, as congregational care ministers and care receivers, to have that relationship where I have found that over several meetings of building that relationship, then that vulnerability can um, can exist. And that's where, um, like you said, to help process our stories, that that's a really uh, powerful, powerful moment when you can break down those walls and have that vulnerability. You know, and that's where I think too, Joy, the goodness of of what pastors and CCMs can do. Um, and I believe me, I am all for the wholeness of care, whether it be sure. through great psychologists, counselors, um, any number of ways, psychiatry, to find that wholeness of care. And yet I think for pastors and CCMs, we have this beautiful niche that is ours to be able to offer people that spiritual place. And then we reflect back to them in ways that are comforting from a place, a God-like center. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just by profession, so many times uh, we all have our boundaries of what we are supposed to be doing. Well, that's why I am always excited to have pastors that have an amazing story or CCMs who will share their Mm -hmm. amazing life story say, this is my salvation story. Mm. Because when we can say, this is when God changed my life, then we can sit with people and we can encourage them to have their own salvation moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You said earlier, um, we must reveal to heal. Mm -hmm. And I feel like every time we tell our story, we're healed just a little bit more. Amen. (laughs) Uh, I absolutely, you know, something else will come to us. We'll process it in a little bit different way. Um, And and sometimes I think joy having um, some person that may be completely new to us that encourages us. And and what I mean by that is um, to tell a story. Um, In my times of going to Africa, I can remember telling the story of the bent over woman multiple times in sermons. And we would talk about, you know, the bent over woman story, which by the way is Luke 13. And, um, and in that story, we, this doesn't reveal to us why she's bent over mm-hmm. for all these years. And then we, in Africa, we would begin to name why that person was bent over. And multiple, multiple women would say that they had had sexual assault or that they had had some um, abuse somehow in relationship. And it was in the, the telling of their stories that even then I was even more healed. Mm. So it's, 
I think the back and forth process that happens Mm -hmm. spiritually Mm -hmm. for us as pastors and CCMs, it's like almost this dance of on to perfection somehow. Yeah, absolutely. And these stories matter to God. Um, in profound ways. I mean, look at all the stories that we read in the Bible, right? The collection of stories. Um, There's a reason that we continue to revisit these stories. And while the text, you know, doesn't change, the words don't change. Every time we read these stories, we are changed. Every time we approach the scriptures, we are different people. Day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year. And, um, our stories intersect. You know, um, I think of uh, Mark five with the hemorrhaging woman um, reaching out to Jesus in faith and um, me reading that as, as a 20 year old woman versus a 30 year old woman. um, And then, you know, in the future as a 40 year old woman, like I'm a different person and I can relate to that reaching out that leap of faith. Um, where Jesus uh, encounters this woman and says, you know, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed. And that means something different to me in each decade, (laughs) Um, which is so beautiful that you have these beautiful stories that are already out there from thousands of years ago. But yet our stories are just as holy and sacred to God. Um, And the intersection of that um, is such a, a beautiful, beautiful space. Um, I wonder if there's any other uh, stories that come to mind in, in scripture that, that you parallel, that you feel um, touch you and perhaps speak into your story. You know, I do, I do um, think there's lots of parallels of women ha- having this connection with Jesus and, um, and of course, in an era where it was not cool to really be calling women, and yet he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and even in the bent over woman story, um, which continued to inform me so much, was um, just the whole idea that there were guys in the room who said, "What are you doing, Jesus? <laughs> calling her out of the corner?" And of course, you know, he came right back at him. And and you see that over and again. John 8, I think, is another story that really informs me. And that's the story of, um, as the scriptures um, tell, that this person, this woman, was caught um, in the act of adultery. Now, what the scriptures don't tell us was, was this a willing situation or was she um, caught in a sexual assault or an abuse abusive situation, a powerlessness kind of situation. The scriptures don't tell us, but at any rate, she was thrown at Jesus' feet. And um, and then the scriptures again say that Jesus bent down. And I love that because he is the one who is lowering himself to make sure that um, she feels empowered and I think um, that informs us. What is our posture supposed to be? You know, he talks. They talk about the bent over woman, 
And then in that next scripture, it talks about how Jesus bent down, Mm -hmm. but then Jesus straightened up and, um, and said to her about the accusers, woman, where are they? Mm. And so there is this, um, again, understanding of how we are to be good listeners, how um, we're supposed to see people in the corners. We're mm. supposed to see their posture. Sure. We're supposed to read <laughs> what they're not even saying. Mm. You know, sometimes we can know that there's more to the story. Mm-hmm. Like you'll sit with someone and you'll think, there's more going on here than what they're talking about. Sure. And I do think that that's part of being a good pastor, being a good CCM, is always looking out for those other signals mm-hmm. um, that people are giving to us mm-hmm. beyond yeah. what they're saying. And I think, too, people who have experienced um, trauma and grief or are in, are in deep pain, they're looking to us to see how we respond to others if we're a safe place to share. Mm. Oh, yes. Very, very much. I mean, they read us just like we're reading them. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Um, and that's in, in our response to what's happening in the news or what's happening um, just in our our everyday lives, it's it's fascinating how um, just being that safe place through our words, through our actions, um, invites others to feel that safety in us. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, in in your story or, or parts of your story, can you recall um, someone? that you felt you wanted to share part of your story to or, or with? Um, and why did you choose a person that you felt safe? I imagine, Joy, I could read her mm. <laughs> um, just by her very presence. You know, sometimes the energy we give just by our very presence, mm-hmm. she had light and love and grace just exuding from her. Um, She was not one who, although she was in many respects a leader, known as a leader, she was not a wordy leader. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, she wasn't, uh, she preached all the time, but she didn't sometimes use a lot of words. And for me, there was, it, it was clear immediately. I mean, I knew and I knocked on the door um, not literally, but um, I called her and and she at first was reluctant, you know, to, she didn't feel like maybe she wanted to take um, on maybe something more with all of what she had going on. I was just asking her if she might be a prayer partner with me, didn't really reveal. And when I asked her a couple of times, then she said, okay, come on over. And that's when I felt like sitting with her that I had the courage to really reveal to her. Wow. 
We hope that you're enjoying this episode from The Caring Congregation. Check out our website, thecaringcongregation.com, for additional resources and information on how you can join us for an upcoming webinar or host your own seminar to train and equip your care ministry team and pastors. We also have two brand new books out, A Care Minister's Manual and Implementation Guide, just released by Abington Press. You can purchase through Abington, Cokesbury, or Amazon. Now, back to our conversation for part two of Why Your Story Matters. And what about you, Joy? What about you? How did you... Who was it, or do you feel like you could tell us about? Um... Sure. I think for me, it's always been people connected to the church. Um, you know, I, I was born and raised cradle Methodist. Uh, you know, we we always went to church. It was a small United Methodist church in southern Michigan. And I always felt that safety and connection with the local church, um, even after, uh, you know, going off to college, I quickly joined a, a church in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where at First United Methodist Church Ann Arbor, <clears throat> and I always felt that connection to the pastor, and I always felt the connection to others in the church, um, and, and quickly made friends in the church. And it was when, when I moved from Michigan to Texas, um, for, uh, for, a, a, a job, you know, my husband um, at that time was, um, was in teaching and, um, there, the economy in Michigan started taking a bad turn. And so, so we decided to move. I was with Hyatt hotels at the time and my transfer just outside of Austin. And again, we found a local church and um, just having that safety and security and knowing um, that there were other like-minded people surrounding me on this journey of life that I could, I felt that I could make connections with people Um we bought a house just outside of Austin and then again moved to another church. Um, my marriage was um, in deep crisis with me working all the time um, with him and his um, his poor choices in alcohol consumption. <laughs> uh, we then moved up to the Gaylord. Uh, I moved to, the, to work at the Gaylord um, in Grapevine, Texas. And... Um, Again, it was the church that I turned to. It was the church that I needed for um, for strength and for courage to really see where my life was going. I was at the Gaylord several years. My marriage, again, just was floundering. We went to counseling through a church pastor recommendation, and um, I found safety in connecting with a pastor. Uh, I felt safety connecting with another Christian as a counselor who um, helped me work through where God was leading me. I felt like um, I felt like while I had um, well, I had felt that 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 God was calling me to ministry for so many years. I had gone down a different path because um, I was almost scared of what is this going to mean? You know, I don't know what <laughs> I don't know how that. Um, would impact my life, my marriage. And I remember my counselor saying, you know, where do you, where do you feel God's leading you? What, 
what messages have you received um, as as a child where of where God was leading you? And it was that leap of faith, which is why I love Mark five and that woman reaching out to the hem of Jesus. Um, it was that leap of faith to tell my then husband, and this was like this has been now nine years, right? Um, I feel called to go into ministry, um, and he said, "Great." you know, but I can't do this with you. And he then revealed that he was having an affair and that just crushed me. And so at my lowest, all I had to turn back to was the church. And I had that safety and security um, within those uh, at the church and the pastors who were able to walk that incredibly deep, deep, the incredibly uh, dark, deep time of grief for me. And so um, that's been the common theme, I think, um, through, through my journey of finding safe people in the church. Mm-hmm. And so just to emphasize again, what I, what I was hearing in your story too, Joy, is that it wasn't just one means of healing. I mean, there was the church, but there was the counselor sure. and, and that wholeness uh, we find in the process is is by really um, moving in safe ways where we can sure. keep processing those uh, feelings. Mm-hmm. And I think I think it goes on decades. You oh, know, I absolutely. Think, you know, when something happens in your life, and all of a sudden it will come to you a decade later, like, oh my gosh, now mm-hmm. I understand. Mm-hmm. I didn't sure. even get that. Yes. Um, in, in Brene Brown, in her book, um, Gifts of Imperfection, she talks about naming it, naming our story, talking about it and telling it. And the more I tell my story, you know, I've been divorced now, I think about nine years or so. That, um, the more I, I've told it over those years, the more I've healed, the more I've been able to explore and have the self-reflection And then I, like you said, talking to other people. Now I have new friends in my life who never knew my ex-husband that also helped me to reflect on that part of my life, Um, which in turn has helped me counsel and provide pastoral care for women going through divorce. I remember specifically when my husband left, moved out, and we had been married seven years Again, dark, difficult time for me. Um, I remember God nudging me and saying, like, you will use this story in incredible ways. You will help other people. And it took that healing first before I could share that, before I could um, share that, that deep part of my life. But it has helped other people in tremendous ways. Um, so, Joy, when yeah. you... When you say, um, I've heard you talk previously about um, the wounded healer, but then that scar mm. that comes. Can you say that? And mm-hmm. can you? I, I just love the way you are sure. able to express that. Yeah, Brene Brown says that we are to share um, out of our scars versus our wounds. And because our wounds are open and gaping, think of a cut on your arm or something that's open and gaping and and bleeding and if we if we share from a place of our wounds we can then affect and and possibly hurt other people um, but if we allow to if we do the hard work of that healing 
and that that come becomes a, a scar, it, it becomes tougher. That skin um, in, in a physical sense becomes tougher. In a metaphorical sense, we become tougher having healed and gone through that so that we can then share. Um, so when we share out of our scars, we can help others heal their wounds. Mm-hmm. You know, Joy, as we think of pastors and CCMs and all the listeners out here, um, I, I, I just really believe with all my heart that it is in our challenges where we grow the most. It is not sure. out of those soft places, but rather in the places where we have been um, really in need <laughs> of understanding what salvation means, what does mm-hmm. redemption mean, um, and allowing people uh, to just be okay being imperfect people. You know, talking about um, stories of the scriptures, you look at the people Jesus chose as disciples. I mean, you know, over and again, um, Peter kind of is a major buffoon. Um, I don't mean to be sacrilegious in any way, but, you know, <laughs> I would say Jesus struggled at points with, you know, um, just in the humanity of of uh, helping the disciples grow at times. And and that's what we do for each other and encourage each other. I, sure. I want people to be CCMs and pastors who are really just, rejoicing in their redemption. Mm. Yes. You know, just so grateful that um, it's like joy comes out of them because love has touched them. Sure. Sure. Mm. And what a holy space that is. Sacred Mm -hmm. space. Mm -hmm. I wonder, Karen, if you would be willing to share some of your story and perhaps... How you've experienced some redemption? Well, um, you know, as I alluded to when we first started, Joy, that the voices of Me Too would have been a great gift to me. But, you know, coming right off the farm, <laughs> which I literally um, very, um, I grew up in a, a very safe space, a place where I didn't encounter. Um, the things of the world. And so getting out of um, college and starting my career as a physical therapist, I did not even know what the word predator Mm. meant. I didn't even suspect. But that um, that is what I was up against, and I didn't even realize it. And, um, And so... Uh, you know, here again, thinking of how much to reveal, <laughs> even in my own story right mm-hmm. now. Um, but to say that I really understood um, that I, shame <laughs> that people feel after events that they do not even understand have happened to them um, because they were so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, they were so, um, I have come to be a, a huge advocate mm-hmm. for women mm-hmm. 
and men too, you know, who have found themselves um, being sexually taken advantage um, in a predatory way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And out of your story, you understand, you have that empathy um, for for persons struggling in that regard, um, and you're oh, an ally for them. Absolutely, and mm-hmm. and you would find that in my writings mm-hmm. and in the mm-hmm. stories I tell. Uh, for mm-hmm. me, it's um, it is a major piece of understanding the the noble, honorable place that we can sit together, non judgmentally. And just um, tell our human stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I see that God has just used all of that, all of your story um, in your work as a pastor, in your work in the caring congregation. Um, that, and that's so, that's beautiful that, you know, you mentioned earlier, we're holistic people. Um, and what's happened to us and our stories that um, that we've processed, that we've worked through some some areas we're still working on, we're still working through. Um, God uses all of that, um, which is so sacred and beautiful. I love that. I love that. One scripture that comes to mind um, is Ephesians 3.20. Glory to God who's able to do far beyond all that we could ever ask or imagine by God's power at work within us. Um, So many times when we think, (laughs) like, what does the future hold, you know? And and we don't even know. We don't even know. But our stories, um, our stories are such that they're sacred moments in our time that God is continuing to write, um, continuing to intersect with others. We look back at, and you know, five, 10, 15, 20 years from now and look at like, wow, God, you are amazing in the way that you were at work. You know, one thing, Joy, I would really, um, just with all that you're saying about putting it all together, I, I do believe that there is, um, there are places where we hold back because we are fearful. Mm, sure. We're fearful of shame or we're fearful of what, um, but, but I want to encourage us here to take a turn that on its head and just think maybe they'll understand why I love Jesus so much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe they will get it if I just come clean and say, this is what happened to me, mm-hmm. and this is why I am on my knees, because I know for me, I needed grace, I needed love, I needed light, and someone was there with that. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I, that's why I, another reason why I think telling our stories is that people will go, oh, now I understand why. <laughs> sure. Well, yeah, and we each have... Um, Things that we may not walk around and in, in, in broadcast to the world, but each of us are dealing with hidden pain, hidden grief. Um, and, and you're right. You just never know the encounters that you have with people that uh, what they're going through, what they're experiencing. Right. Um, yeah. I think for the longest time, and especially being a pastor, um, I was very cautious to share my own grief journey of, of going through infertility going through loss and miscarriage 
And, um, you know, sometimes the way people would treat me when I was having a really difficult day, um, just added to that pain, added to that, that grief and that sorrow. And so, you, you know, you just never know what people are going through. Um, and so just having that grace that we can extend, um, is, is so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think also too, our stories, especially in the pain and the grief, they allow us to ask hard questions, hard questions of God, hard questions of, of, um, why, (laughs) Mm -hmm. why me, why this, um, Mm -hmm. do you ever, Mm -hmm. ever wrestle with that? (laughs) Oh, that, that's why there needs to be just that constant conversation going on, because I think there are such great Christians who still live with the theology that they were brought up with that, you know, that God made this happen or somehow, um, you know, I must have done something wrong that God would allow this to happen. Or Mm -hmm. why did God allow this to happen when in actuality, the theology that can come out of such good questions is that God walks through all of this with us. God is with us. And through our prayers, God changes us. God lifts us up out of our ashes. It it is the fullness of theology. When we go through those challenging times, we sit with someone, tell our story, and then we begin to process theologically. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And ask those big questions. I love that twenty-five cent word theodicy, mm-hmm. which essentially means uh, why does a good God let bad things happen? Sure. And having uh, a chance to just sit with people and and let them know even that is such a normal question, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and don't feel bad about about questioning God. Mm-hmm. Um, that God can take it and God wants us to ask big questions, not to check our brains at the door. (laughs) And wrestling with that helps us to reflect on our story, but then also um, helps us write our story going forward too. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm. That's powerful. To to be able to just um, go forward in a way that feels... um, Whatever happens, God is there. Um, God is in the midst of the tornado, in the midst of the earthquake, in the midst of the fire. Um, mm-hmm. Where does God reside? Mm-hmm. And God resides in the silence too. Yeah. Yeah. Even we're not aware of it, can't see God at work, we, we are so reminded that God is at work in our stories. Um, sometimes it takes years and decades to look back and see, oh yeah, that's where God was at work (laughs) and how God is at work through other people too. Um, um, helping us along our journey. You know, Joy, as, as things are revealed to us too, I do believe that when we reflect back on our stories that sometimes we may have missed, We've, we may have lived in shame for so long that we may not have ever had a chance to be angry 
Mm. And as good listeners, as good people who sit with others and reflect, I think it's important to be able to just ask those questions. Have you ever been angry about this? Mm. Um, and and help people name what they may have felt or what they may not have felt. And, and it may be somehow stifling their further growth. Mm-hmm. You know, to just say, it's okay if you need to be angry a little bit here <laughs> mm-hmm. or to have some tears about this. Have you cried about this? And if they haven't cried about it or, but to allow the emotions, um, as people tell their stories. Um, and again, I think sometimes that goes back to the whole idea of how we posture ourselves, mm-hmm. how we present ourselves as listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, do we have a sense where we just wait in silence with someone and and just be okay with that? Mm-hmm. Um, do we allow for them to say everything and and um, and yet we want to hear more? That's where I think a good spiritual guide mm-hmm. is so critical. Sure. Yeah, to affirm validate, listen, encourage the sharing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, this has been such a joy. I always, I always love listening to your stories and also your insight. Um, And likewise, joy. Thank you. Let us pray. Holy God, thank you for always being part of our story, for being present even when we do not recognize it, and for having safe places where we can share our stories, where we can process and grow and learn. For you are always at work, and for that we give you thanks. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to check out our website, thecaringcongregation.com, for more resources and information on seminars and our newly released books. Be sure to like and share this episode and subscribe to this channel. Join us next week as we explore further topics on congregational care ministry. Until then, may God bless you and keep you.